It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. One just has to pick up a magazine or turn on a television to see that we, as women, are bombarded daily with media images of female physical perfection, leaving us with the most unrealistic of expectations as to how we should look. No wonder female confidence is falling while incidents of eating disorders are on the rise. What's most alarming is the way this affects young girls. A reduced sense of self-worth can create anxiety, stress, even depression, causing relationship issues while potentially impairing academic and job performance. In direct contrast, Confidence in Bloom is designed to send the opposite message to any woman of any age, shape, or background who has ever felt inadequate, unworthy, or tossed aside because of how she looks. You matter. You are enough now. I, Tina Spolatini, a woman of substance, insist that women deserve to be happy, confident, successful, not to mention so totally in love with themselves in their own bodies, just the way they are. Through an ongoing series of intriguing conversations with women from all walks of life who are all extraordinary in their own right, I will take us on a journey of ultimate self-acceptance and empowerment. Together we'll share the stories, laugh, learn, maybe even shed a few tears, when you realize how far many women have come to realize just how wonderful life is when you stand in your own power, feeling fantastic in your own skin. Today I'm speaking with Michelle Bateman. Michelle Bateman went from overwhelmed single mom to the founder and CEO of Soul Journey. She became a confidence and clarity coach, international speaker, and facilitator that empowers women and soulpreneurs to bust through the blocks that are holding them back and find the clarity they need to confidently walk in the room knowing they have immense value to offer in their life and business. Michelle's eight-week Soulful Impact Business Academy helps new and struggling entrepreneurs create a solid blueprint to grow their business without all the overwhelm. Elevate your life, relationships, and business with fun and ease. Hi, Michelle. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. I, this is awesome. I love to talk to beautiful women like you. <laughs> thank you. Likewise. Yeah, so let's start with uh, your business. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, absolutely. So like my intro said, I went from being a single mom to taking that huge leap of faith to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. And, you know, with a mortgage and teenage daughters, that was a really scary thing to do. But I really just felt the calling that all the things that I had been struggling with for so long to believe in myself, to change my mindset, to believe that I could actually even be happy in life, despite all the things that I was going through, shifted my entire life, my perspective, my thoughts, my beliefs, everything. And what I realized is no one teaches us this. Why don't they teach us this in school? Because if they did, 
so many of us wouldn't struggle the way that we do. And so I knew that that's what I had to bring to the world is share my experience, my knowledge, my wisdom that transformed my life in a really quick and amazing way. And I wanted to have other women to have access to that, to have the hope that they can create something different for themselves. So, I mean, obviously not every woman goes through your story, right? I mean, your right. story belongs to you and only you. How do you, how would you like start? Like you obviously have to start from somewhere. How do you know where to start with these women? You know, it starts with self and helping them really just discover who they are first of all, and then develop a healthy relationship to the fact to the point where you can love yourself. And so as women, as you were listening to your intro, we've been programmed so much to put everybody else first. We go last. We're not a priority. We give our, you know, everything to everybody. And we're so depleted at the end of the day that there's nothing left for us. And we give up our identity. We give up our hopes and dreams to be moms, to be wives, to, you know, do the job that we do. And we lose ourselves. And I know so many women who just feel lost. Like, I don't, I don't know who I am other than mom wife, daughter, and whatever job I do, that's my identity. And I don't know what it is beyond that. And so we always start with, who are you? What is beautiful and amazing and special about you? And then how do you begin to embrace that love, that embody that, to feel confident, to say, I am amazing, because we've been taught, you know, who do you think you are? Don't be so arrogant. Don't think too much of yourself. And so we've dimmed ourselves down from the time we were little. And so giving yourself permission that it's okay to own that from a place of confidence, not arrogance, but to really just begin to love yourself. Right. Which is not easy for any woman. I don't think. It's I know a journey. I went through it. Yeah. It's a journey and it's, and it's a lifelong journey, right? Yes. Confidence every second of the day. No. And as you level up and do new and bigger things and you expand, then you're in new territory and you have to develop a new level of confidence in that new level that you're at. So as you begin to grow and, and do bigger things and take on more things, you're, you're left in this playing field that's brand new to you. And you're like, oh, I feel like I'm starting all over again. I have to find my footing. I have to find my confidence again. And so uh, let, let's hit, touch on that one for a minute. I know of, you know, clients of my own and I guess maybe even myself, I've, you know, we've reached a certain point in our confidence and all of a sudden, you know, we want to grow our business some more or we want to try something new and we're like, oh my gosh, okay, so I can't do this. I've done this and I did well at this, but what if I don't do well at this? So how do we get that? level back like how do we teach these women how to take that step out of their comfort zone again without starting it right at the bottom again yeah that's a great question and so two things i would say is fear is imagined so we're imagining all these possibilities that haven't even happened yet right it has it's not real it's not in front of you you don't know that you failed you don't know that it's not possible you're just imagining that it's not possible so when you can see the fact that i'm i'm letting something that's not even real and tangible hold me back to say is that really what i want to do and to remember all the things we have done 
oh, yeah, right, I overcame this and I did this and I created that and, and making that checklist of all the great and amazing things you did to remember who you are and what you're capable of, then it's easier to bring that into this next level of really just that remembrance of who I am. And yes, this might be new and looking at it as an adventure and as a challenge and not necessarily something to fear. And then that's the other point about fear is fear is actually selfish. So when we are feeling fear in our business that we don't want to put ourselves out there in this new level or new arena, the only person we're thinking of is ourselves. What if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What if they judge me? What if I make a mistake? And we're not thinking about the person we are passionate about serving. What are they going through? How do they need my help? How can I make their life better? And when I focus on them, then I feel like I'm being of service and what I'm doing is important and it matters. That, you know, that, that hit something in me. Um, I had something here on my desk for the longest time that said, if I don't come to work today, who am I failing? Mm, that's right? a beautiful and that was one. Because, yeah, because, I mean, in the end, sure, I can, you know, lay on the couch and eat candies while I watch soap operas all day, right? But there's someone out there that's needing me today. Yep. You know, who, who am I showing up for? Am I showing up for them or am I showing up for the TV, right? Because right. I'm not showing up for myself, right? I love right. that. I love the way you put that. And I never really thought about fear as being selfish until you said, what are they going to think of me, right? Or however you said that. That's, I love yeah. that. I love how you worded that. Yeah, so when we can just turn it around off of ourselves, because we always, everything, our fears, our doubts, our insecurities are all, you know, self-focused. But when we can take the focus off self and how can I serve, how can I love, how can I just be out there and be an example and embody who I am, then I'm not really in my head thinking about myself. Right, right, exactly. And how how do you, like, what do you... um, like, obviously, that is something that us women need to be told over and over again because we're so stuck in our putting everyone else first. How do you mm-hmm. make them understand? And how do you, like, in your coaching position, how do you make them understand and clarify that this is okay? So I ask them, when you are tired, when you are overwhelmed, when you have given to everybody, when you said yes and you wanted to say no and you have resentment and you're angry and you're bitchy, are you at your best or are you at your worst for the people that you love the most? Perfect. Right? Because I'm sure and you we can't can all argue say that. yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm at my worst. I think I'm doing a good, noble thing because society has programmed us to believe that, you know, put yourself last. But when I do that, how am I showing up? I'm the worst version of myself for the people that I love the most. Instead of taking some time for me, refueling myself so I can come back happy and patient and kind and loving because that's who I want to be for the people I love the most. I love that. Because that's, I mean, that's Mm. our, that's our goal right? And we don't see that our cup is empty. No, we don't even know we have a cup. 
much right. less the fact that it's empty. And I heard a really great analogy for that. You know the little uh, cup and saucer that our grandmas used to have, those little, those fancy ones with the little roses and the gold trim on them? So they yeah. said, um, yeah, so imagine there's the saucer and the cup. So you need to fill the cup up. That is yours. Nobody gets what's in your cup. What overflows into the saucer, that's what you get to give away to everybody else, but the cup is yours. I love that. Yes, I remember you saying that to me once before. And just so mm-hmm. you know, you know, the cup and saucer, I have that. And I <laughs> use them. It's not oh, just dear. my oh, grandma. Oh, cute. <laughs> Just call me little old bitty Tina. I don't know. <laughs> I love you know, my cup. I had out. some of them. Yeah, I'm See? sure if I had some, I would probably use them too. They are super cute. Yeah, because they're so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just funny. You. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell me more then about, okay, so you're, what does clarity and confidence mean as as a coach? So clarity on... Who am I? Clarity on what's important to me. Clarity on what do I value. And then when I know those things, I know what I want to do in my life to align to the things that matter the most to me. So many of us live out of alignment. I say one thing, but I do another. I value this, but I'm living out of alignment and integrity with myself. And so when I'm not in alignment, I feel that we feel it. We feel it in disease. We feel it in energy. And so I need to really be clear on the things that matter the most to me so that I know what I want to create. But you have to know that before. And, you know, people are like, well, what do you want? Well, I just want to be happy. Okay, well, what does that mean to you? What does happiness mean to you? And so you have to really get clear on all of those things. You know, in, in a relationship. You need to be clear on who you are, what you stand for, what are your values, what are your non-negotiables, so that you can be clear and communicate that to your your partner or a potential partner to see if you're a fit and a match. And I remember just meeting someone, and if you fall in love, that was the criteria. <laughs> and we weren't aligned, and we got a divorce, and nobody told me that I needed to think about these things and really be clear on those things. So when I was doing my work, I was really crystal clear on who I was, what I valued, what mattered the most to me. And I was able to communicate that. And Travis and I, our our first, our first phone call was eight and a half hours all night long. And it was literally an interview of, you know, here's who I am. Here's what I want. Here's what I need. Here's what's important to me. And, you know, basically I was checking all my boxes for him and he was checking all all the boxes because we were so crystal clear on who we were and what we wanted in the world that we knew that we were in alignment. Right. And and I'm sure you remember hearing when you were younger, is he going to make you happy? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old you were when you got married the first time. But most likely in your early 20s and you're like, well, of course, he's going to make me happy. I'm happy right now. Yeah, but what right? does happy we mean? We don't know what really does, what no. does it mean, right? We don't know what happy truly is until we're there. And I'm responsible for my happiness. And if I think the other person's there to just make me happy, then we're going to end up disappointed. I need to find a way to be happy within myself. And I'll never forget when I was going through my divorce, I had a friend who was passing, who, who was diagnosed with ALS, so fully paralyzed in his body. The only thing he could do was blink at a computer that could communicate for him. Otherwise, 
he would have been a prisoner in his body. And he was happier dying than I was living my life at the time. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, wow, if he can figure out how to be happy dying, I should be able to figure this out. Happiness is a choice. It's not something that someone else brings to you. Right. Wow. That that kind of really hit my heart because you think, like, who wants to leave the earth, right? Like, who wants to leave? But when you're living like that, that's not a life. No. But he could have been stuck in the victim mentality of, why me? This isn't fair. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. And, you know, that's how he could have lived his last days. But he inspired so many people by um, blogging and posts on Facebook that were just so inspiring. And knowing that it was coming from a place of I'm, I'm dying and I'm paralyzed and I literally have a zero quality of life yet I'm bringing so much joy and love to the world because he was wow. in service. Yeah. And he was doing what he was meant to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was his soul's mission, and it impacted my life and, and many other lives. And, you know, if he hadn't have been going through what he was doing at the time, I don't know if I would be where I am today. I don't know. So, you know, some of those moments that we think are so unfair and such a ripoff and going through a divorce, I was like, this wasn't supposed to be my life. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. I should have been happy. I'm a good person. And I got so consumed by that negativity and that anger because I expected my life to be different than it was. And when I realized it was my choice, how I chose to see this experience, how I chose to move through it, I could be negative and angry, or I could make the best of it. And I used it to transform myself. And now I'm grateful for that experience. Because had I not gone through that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have the experience that I have to help other women and be able to relate to them. And so many people come to me and they say, your story, your story resonated with me so much. And I know that you're the one that can help me. Yeah. And so this, that brings me to my next question is how do you do that? Like, how do you, you know, tell your story and then help women that are obviously struggling, struggling the same way that you were struggling? How do you bring them to feel the way you feel? I found I mean, it. Go ahead. Tell me what Sorry. you're going to say and then I'll answer you. Yeah. So you, I mean, you started with you bring them, you know, to um, clarity with who, what do I want? How do I want to get there and all that stuff? But how, what kind of work is involved in getting them to be where you want them or where they want themselves to be? So mindset is huge. So looking at what are your thoughts? What are your beliefs? What are the words that you're speaking? And where is your energy going? Because whatever we put focus on is what the reality is that we're going to create. So I kept saying my life sucked and my life kept sucking. And so when I began to change my language to even more amazing things are happening for me, I literally went from a stay-at-home mom feeling stuck and trapped to landing the job of my dreams, renting an amazing house, one year later buying my own house, and four years later starting my own business. And every one of those things showed up more amazing than I even could have imagined. I thought maybe we'd be living in a trailer. Like I literally thought, I don't know what's possible if I leave this situation because I have nothing right now. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. 
So what goes on in our head, how we beat ourselves up, we are our worst critic. It's not the people out there that are judging us. It's us judging ourselves. That's the problem. So when you really begin to work on what's going on in your mind, in your heart, that's a huge, huge shift. Um, Teaching them how to shift their perspective, how to see something differently, right? I can see the glass half empty. I can see the glass half full. It's how I choose to look at it that changes my experience. So if how I'm seeing it is causing me pain and discomfort, how can I look at it in another way? that doesn't cause me pain, where I can have compassion, I can have gratitude, and I might not like what's happening, but I trust the universe, I trust spirit, I trust God, I trust creator, whoever that is for you, having, having faith in something beyond you, that everything's happening for us, for our greater good, for our growth, for our evolution. I believe everything comes to us in the perfect timing for us to heal and release the things from our past. And then that's the next level is looking into your childhood. Where were your needs not met? What happened with your parents or, you know, things at school that we need to find healing and forgiveness and let go because we hold on to those things. And we filter every experience in our reality from all of those uncomfortable and difficult and sometimes traumatic things from our past. Wow. Yeah. So it's basically like going back to like, from before you were seven years old and and really thinking about what your core values are, where they come from, and where you want them to be. Yep. And questioning, yep. is that even mine? Is that something that's true for me? Or was I just programmed by society or my parents or my grandparents to believe and act a certain way? And I, you know, doing this work for myself in real time is seeing where I've been holding myself back. I grew up Catholic. And so it was, you know, you need to be a good girl. It's right or wrong. You need to always do the right thing. And so I see how I hold myself back in certain ways. And I just was at an event, and they challenged us to do something out of our comfort zone. And so I borrowed my girlfriend's, like, black leather pants, and I, I did a – we had to do a lip sync. And so getting out of my comfort zone to, to embody a bit more of that wild side, but I've been taught and programmed to be that good girl all the time. And so just allowing myself to be more – authentically myself without the fear of judgment or programming that wasn't even mine. It was just, you know, handed down to us. Wow. Yeah. And that it, it, I bet it felt like empowering when you were done, but putting on those pants and, you know, starting to do your little skits or whatever, (laughs) you were like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This No, I can't believe I'm doing this. No, I know. And I had to do it in mixed company, which was harder. If it was all women, it would have been easier. But there was guys there. And these guys were friends of, of Travis, my fiance. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm just trying to find the happy meeting of that. But what I actually decided is I'm speaking this Saturday in Canmore. And I went and bought the pants. And I'm going to speak with a blazer and, and heels and dress it up and wear the pants. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you will be like, you will empower so many women with your speech and that outfit. I feel it already. <laughs> Wearing my badass pants. 
And it took good you know, for it took you work to get there. And, and if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I would have said over my dead body, I would never do that. So not me. And so just, you know, I still have to do my own work to get out of my comfort zone and, and undo some of that programming that's still in there that I know is not mine. And I want to be free to show up however I want. And we have to actually wear something wild. It's that there's a wild karaoke night. So I'm going to karaoke on top of all the other stretches that I've been doing. And she's like, bring animal print. I'm like, I don't own animal print. I own pink. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, there's pink what I mean. animal print. I have a blazer. Oh, I should ask you. Dang. So my one girlfriend's like, oh, I have an animal print jacket. You can borrow it. I'm like, okay. Who knows who, how wild I'm going to come back after rocking some leather pants and some animal print. <laughs> oh, you need to like attach a tail or something. <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of leads me to another point that I wanted to share when you were talking about your intro of how much programming we have around our looks and our weight. And and we definitely have that. But there's also a lot more subtle programming that I wasn't aware of. And I would have argued that I had it. And I'm like, I don't believe that. I don't think that's true for me. And in a session, I burst out bawling because I had a belief that if I was successful as a woman, I would be alone and no one would love me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Where did that come from? And if you think of in the movies, all successful women are portrayed as bitches. They're ruthless. They will screw anybody over. They're usually single. And men are intimidated by them. Mm -hmm. They're usually never portrayed in a very good light. So, of course, we wouldn't want to be that subconsciously. I don't want to be perceived as that. I don't want to come across like that. So I'm going to keep myself small and dim myself and hold myself back because I don't want to be perceived as that. Think about rich people. They're all perceived as as assholes and selfish. So there's so much programming around being confident, being successful, having money. Those are all so many negative things that we hear that we're not even aware that it's programming us. Wow. Wow. Do you know that I think that and I never thought about the way you just said that? Hmm. Like, like I get that, right? I remember when I worked at the bank many, many years ago, the female managers were horrible. Mm-hmm. So I always think that that's what is in the back of my head. But now that I think about it, it's, it's the way the media portrays women as leaders. Mm-hmm. Right? Men wow. are portrayed that way. They're leaders. No. Men are, boys are leaders and girls are bossy. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Women are bossy. Yeah. And I was the bossy kid. And now what I realized is it was just leadership being developed. I knew what I wanted. I knew how to communicate it. I took charge. And nobody taught me how to do that in a, in a positive way. But I was a leader from the time that I was little. And instead of encouraging that and teaching young girls and even young boys how to do that in a positive way, we just, we squash. We just squash and diminish and, you know, don't be so bossy and don't be this and don't be that. Like I was told that my whole childhood. I was always too much. And then not enough at the same time. Wow. 
so you had lots of work to go through as well then when you I mean when you started on your own like after you were divorced and you have these two kids and now I have to you know pay for these two kids you had to start Mm -hmm. from the beginning just like you know I mean obviously just like the rest of us or maybe not just like the rest of us like I mean obviously you you've worked with a lot of women you know some of them don't have barriers that are coming from, you know, their childhood. There are things that have happened in the, you know, more recent years. Yep. But I don't think yeah. anybody comes through childhood without some kind of trauma. And I would describe my childhood as a white picket fence. Nobody drank. Nobody beat us. Nobody swore at us. Nobody called us names. We had great presents. Christmas, we had all the toys we ever wanted. We had a big extended family. We spent time with them. Everybody got along. There was so much love. So I had all of the, you know, quote unquote, the things that I should have had as as a child. But my parents didn't know how to handle my emotions. And I didn't see that until, you know, the last few years and the, the work that I've been doing is to the depth of the emotions that I can experience is nowhere near the depth of emotions that they're open to or willing to or do go to. So when I was super emotional and crying hysterically and, and, and just having really big emotions, they didn't know what to do with me. And so I was always just made to feel bad and wrong for who I was and how I showed up. And so that had a huge imprinting on me. So you can think that you had the perfect childhood, but there's usually something. Right. And of course, I mean, I'm going to guess your parents are roughly the same age as my parents. That wasn't a thing to be open with your kids. It's like my way or no way. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's how I was parented. If my mom said, you know, get up off the couch, I got up off the couch. There was no, well, you know, I'm kind of comfortable right now. Can you like sit somewhere else? Like the way my kids talk to me, you know, and and I'm open to that. I'm fine with that because why do they have to move when there's a chair right beside me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. You know, I mean, that's obviously a poor, you know, um, no, I hear what you're saying. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like today as parents, we're so much more open. And I can imagine, like, I know as a coach too, I really try to ask the right questions. And it's hard to know Mm -hmm. what the right questions are when you don't know someone. But when it comes to your kids, you know, because you know how they're going to handle it for the most part. Right. And we've got our own crap that shows up with kids. I will never forget this moment where... I had just taken some personal development and we got to have a, co- uh, a call with one of the coaches. And literally I was locked in my bedroom, in my bathroom, in my closet, inside of my bedroom and bathroom. And I was on the floor in tears and my kids are pounding on the door. I'm sure they were pounding on each other outside and they were literally losing their minds. And I was crying. And my coach is like, and, and I was blaming my kids. And she said, Michelle, this isn't about your kids. And I said, no, it is. You don't know what they're doing. Like, they're crazy. They're losing their minds. And she's like, it's not about your kids. And I was getting mad. And I'm like, yes, it is. There are a bunch of freaking hooligans out there right now. Like, if you only could hear what was going on. And she stopped me and she got really harsh. And she's like, Michelle, it's not about your kids. What do you believe about yourself when they act like that? And I just sobbed. And I said, it was, it means that I'm a bad mom. And so she said, it's not what your kids are doing. It's what you think it means that's causing you the pain. And I was like, oh, because I could have made it mean nothing, but it meant everything. 
And it's so true, right? When we don't know what to do, we think it's, well, we are, but in reality, it's, it's because of how we look at ourselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, because our kids are a reflection of us. Right. Yeah, and if I can't wow. do this, that must mean I am a failure. Right, just like going through a divorce. Right. I hate the word failed marriage or failed relationship. Nothing failed. It just ended. Just because something ends doesn't mean it failed. If you watched an amazing movie and it ended, does it mean it failed? Or you read a good book and it ended, does it mean it failed? No, it just ended and you get to watch or read something else. So That's right. letting, letting go of the idea that, we're a failure when something doesn't go the way that we want it to or the way we think it should. Right. And that, yeah, that word failure has so many meanings to so many people, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yeah. have to be a negative definition. Because no, I think it's just an opportunity to, to learn. Exactly. I was just going to say those exact <laughs> words, right? Right. Because, I mean, that's what it is. Right. And, it, you know, some of us, it took me a long time to get that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm sure I, I mean, sure, everyone, everyone has failed at something in their life. Right. Right. And I, Even if I it's the most love, minor thing. I love having examples of the most successful people that, quote unquote, failed. Walt Disney went bankrupt twice before he created Disney and Disneyland. Colonel Sanders got turned down like a thousand and one times before he somebody bought his chicken. He was living in his car. Uh, J.K. Rowling, I think nine people turned down the Harry Potter book, and she's now the highest paid author of all time. But they imagine. all, quote, unquote, failed. Failed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how you see right. it. That goes back to that perspective. It's how I choose to see it. It is a choice. Do I see it as a failure? Do I see it as a learning? I love that. And it's, you know, and it's, it affects everything that you perceive, right? If you're a negative person or you're living in a negative mindset, you see everything as, you know, that's not good for me and they're, you know, out to get me. That mm-hmm. is, you know the uni- the universe is not here for me, yeah. right? And once you change yeah. that perspective to be more positive, then you see things differently. What does Wayne Dyer say? Change the change the way you look oh. at things, and the things change you look the way at you will look change. At, right? Yeah, I remember I read that quote three times because I did not <laughs> understand it. And then the third time, I was like, oh, my God, I get it. <laughs> I love right? it. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it took me three times to read the same words, but I finally get it because I thought he was repeating himself. And, it, and then <laughs> like, it hit me. Yeah. And then it hit me. Oh, my God. Right? Like, you have to read that differently in order you have to understand it. Here's another yes, one felt- of his quotes that literally changed my life. I love Wayne Dyer. He was one of he was my my biggest mentor. I listened to him every morning. I was doing a talk and I said, "Yeah, I showered with Wayne Dyer every morning." And I was like, and they all started to laugh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah, not like that." But I listened to him literally every morning. So every time those thoughts in my head would go in a direction that wasn't positive, that didn't feel good. I would put something on and I was constantly listening to YouTube and I just had Wayne Dyer on all day, every day to help really change my thoughts, which would change my life. 
And he said, you know, the wake behind a boat has no ability to steer that boat. And so when we look at our past, when we're living in the past, the past has no way to dictate the direction of our future. It's behind us. But we let it dictate what we think is possible. Well, you know, this happened, so then I can't. Or I can't because of this. And we're constantly letting that wake behind the boat drive the direction of our life when really it has no ability to do that unless we choose and allow it to. Right. That's why you, you know, when you said, um, we, we when we fear something that we want that comes up, like, oh, I can't do that. I can't, you know, oh, I can't do that. So we, we are like, we're afraid of something that hasn't even happened yet, mm-hmm. right? And and most of the time we're afraid of that because of what we've done in the past. But there's no way to prove that what I did yesterday is going to make me fail again tomorrow. But it's because I'm focusing on all of the negative things and the perceived failures if you just shifted that to the list of all of the accomplishments, all the things you've overcome, all the great things you've done in your life, and that was the list you were looking at, you would totally think and respond differently. It's based on what you're thinking and focusing and believing that's creating the action or the inaction that you're taking. So just shift and go, okay, so what do I want to think? What do I want to believe? Well, I'm going to believe in myself. You know, for me, I went through divorce and I didn't die. So if I could live through that, I could probably live through just about anything because it was really hard. And I raised two kids by myself and I, I was pregnant with my youngest going through my divorce. And I was like, hey, well, if I could get through that, I could probably get through just about anything. We just forget yeah. how strong and amazing we really are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I love that. I loved how you said that. Uh, do you, I know that you have your um, Soulful Impact Business Academy that is sort of an ongoing uh, program that you have. Do you have any other offers right now, like any more courses or anything that you're offering? Yeah, I do. So the academy is starting in a couple weeks. So that's, you know, just helping whether you have a business or you um, are wanting to start a business is really getting that, that clarity um, that clear vision and a blueprint of, of what you want to bring to the world and how to communicate that. So that's what the Business Academy is for, for the listeners. And then I also have an event called Create a Life You Love. And it's a beautiful three-day experience where we dive deep into pretty much all that we talked about on this podcast. And, you know, we go into it deeper and we look at, you know, getting that clarity in real time. And, you know, we fill out worksheets and we share stories with each other and you see that you're not alone, that, you know, the other women that you look at and think are beautiful and confident still have the same kind of things inside that you do. And and it just makes it a little easier and, and feeling that safety of the group to go through that and releasing, we do some inner child healing. And then, you know, so they leave with a really good equipping of tools that they can use and apply in their life when they go home so that they can create a life that they love. I love that. That sounds amazing. And is that live or on? 
um, this Zoom. one is live. I do do some on Zoom. This one is going to be live in uh, just outside of Edmonton in this beautiful, brand new uh, barn, Pinterest type barn facility just outside of Edmonton. It's gorgeous. So we're gonna spend the weekend out there. There's horses on the land. It's it's a really beautiful space to be able to dive in and and do the work for yourself. So. Um, yeah, so that's coming up December second, third, and fourth. That one's that's when that one is. Oh yeah, that sounds beautiful. And can you tell the listeners maybe where we can find you on Facebook or any other social media? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my website is souljourney.co, so all the information's on there. And then on social media, um, it's under Soul Journey Transformations, Michelle Bateman. Um, but you know, gotta love Facebook and business algorithms are really not <laughs> ideal anymore. So I've been using my personal page, Michelle Bateman, to share most of my stuff because anything I post on my business page literally doesn't get shown to anybody. So I'm usually using mostly my personal page. But yeah, you can follow me there. I don't even think you have to do a friend request. I think you can just do a follow and then you can see the, the content that I'm sharing. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like we could talk for at least three more hours. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So many things we didn't even cover. I'm like, okay, not that, but this, not that, but this. <laughs> exactly. Like I know that there's so much more to to discuss. So what we'll have to do is do this again in a few months so that we can, yes. you know, talk about the stuff we didn't have a chance to talk about. Yeah, so many things. So thank you for having me. This has been awesome. I always love sharing and trusting, um, you know, intuitively. I always just trust and believe that whoever's meant to hear um, will hear it at the right time. And just really just trusting that intuitive guidance is really important. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that you're an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman, even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel. The truth is they don't even look like that. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. Chic definitely does come in every shape. If you want something to believe in, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom and chat with me, contact me through Instagram at InfoBloomStyling or by email at Tina at InfoBloomStyling.com or through the Divas That Care website. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on DivasThatCare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.